Kimberly Smith, how are you? Blessed, black, and highly favored. How about yourself? I can't complain. And today is a very special show mm-hmm. because we have royalty in the building, <laughs> fresh off a of flight. Yes. From the red state. Oh, not the red state. The red state of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But uh, Miss America, author, poet, writer, mom, wife is in the building. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming straight from the airport to the Unapologetic Studios. Thank you for having me. Uh, I asked you to do this a long time ago and um, you made it happen. You let me know when you were coming and here you are. We yeah. appreciate it, baby. <laughs> I appreciate y'all. <laughs> Don't be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, let's jump right into it. Um, You are an author. You became an author recently. Why don't you tell us about that? Uh, I became an author January 6th of 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, I self-published my first book February 28th of 2020. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. And uh, what was the, um, what was your first book that was published? 30 points by my 30th birthday. And your 30th birthday was when? Last year, May 30th. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> right on the deadline. I said, I'm going to slide it on in. And so last year, um, and you have how many books now? Five. Five. Mm-hmm. So you've, uh, you've been working pretty quickly. Yes. Okay. And uh, why was it a goal to have 30 uh, by 30? Well, initially when I first did it, um... I didn't know what I was going to do. I just came up with the name because I was like, I'm going to be 30. My birthday's May 30th. Last year was 2020, so it was like 0000. Oh, nice. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, I can do 30 poems by my 30th birthday. That's why I came up with the actual title. But, mm-hmm. of course, once I got the writing, I wrote like 52 poems in that book. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so, um, but it worked out good because I basically did the first 30 that I picked and everybody that was close to me who was editing it. Mm-hmm. And then I just added like additional at the end. Oh, so nice. So that came something with all my poetry books where I did like a set number mm-hmm. and then I always did additional. Mm-hmm. So it was like the ones that, you know, a lot of people actually like the additionals better than some of the other poems. So mm. I'm glad I put them all in. So okay. 30 uh, poems in 30, by your 30th birthday, were these poems that you had written over your 30 years, or was it something uh, that you did, are they all recent work? No, well, you know, I've been writing since I was six, poetry. Yes. Oh, nice. Um, but no, so I was working at Walgreens, and I had took a leave, and my thing was to go back after I, you know, had surgery or whatever, mm-hmm. and that didn't work out, and um. 
At first, I was like, well, what am I going to do? And then I was just like up all night, one night, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And it was like God talking to me like, do what I bless you to do. Do what I gave you a gift to do. And if anybody knows, I love animals. So I thought I was like, well, be a veterinarian. And I just saw like stops and I was like, no, that's not what I want you to do. Mm. So then it was like, you know, write. Mm -hmm. So I started uh, November writing and I started posting on like all my social media, like, what do y'all want to hear about that's not in books today? Oh, okay. So people was inboxing me. People was commenting on my post. Let me know, well, this one I want to know. This one I would like to hear about. So that's what I did. I took people's topics and I just wrote poetry. Mm -hmm. So I wrote the book in a week. Wow. Okay. Uh, I wrote, um, what, 54 poems in a week. Goodness gracious. Seven days. And I just went back. Is that quality work in one week? Absolutely. What are these haikus? Mm. <laughs> not haikus. Yeah, four little haikus, what, three well, or four cents? We're saying that. You've read my poetry before, right? Yes. And it was actually good, so. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Get them together, sis. Get them together. So, mm -hmm. yeah, but yes, because it was like the book, you know, when, you know, in the process of writing a book, you write the poetry, the poems out, or whatever type of book that you're doing, and then, of course, you go back and edit. Mm -hmm. So you add things, subtract things, and stuff like that. And I actually started my own self-publishing uh, company. Wow. Okay. So that's when I started helping people self-publish their books too, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So yes, it's high quality. I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that is pretty, mm -hmm. you know, that is uh, pretty quick. Um, what, let's say 30 poems by my 30th, and then we had Take Me Back to 20. 20. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, the plan was I was going to release the book on my actual 30th birthday mm -hmm. and I was gonna do like a um, basically like a party and stuff and I was going to publish the book but then I was like well that wasn't that make any sense because then nobody's gonna be able to read the book oh, before. before the party got it okay so what I did was like okay well let me get everything um, let me do my my research and that's when I did all the paperwork and I became an author during 6, 2020 nice. after I had wrote it. Mm -hmm. And then February was the editing stages, the cover, what I wanted to be like, the order of the poems mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So that's how that started. So I published that book February 28th but then I was like, okay, I'm just going to put this book out here to give people a feel of me. And then I was going to do my autobiography. Mm -hmm. That didn't work. So my man just kept going, kept going, kept going. So, taking back to 20 was actually published March 28th of 2020. Oh, wow. <laughs> so okay. A month later. So, what is taking me back to 20? So, it's a poetry book as well. Okay. But I was saying, want to do top, because 30 points of my 30 was like introducing myself. Okay. What I went through. Mm -hmm. And it, all my experiences. And then taking back to 20 was kind of like trying to dip into something else. Okay. Like, talk about stuff that. I probably didn't go through necessarily, but I can relate to it. Mm, mm -hmm. And uh, that's when Taking Back to 20 came about a month later. Nice. Wow. And how many poems is in Taking Back to 20? Uh, like tw 30. 30. Oh, nice. Wow. Okay. They just A really new come. 30? A new 30. A whole set of 30. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. A Child's Voyage, Family Vacation is a children's book that was published in April 28th. So, <laughs> um, what's... Published, you are publishing your own work yeah, through your company. What's the name of the company? Uh, uh, the Miss America Voyage. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. So, Love the brand. Yeah. All the way across. I think we should probably should have started there. Miss America Voyage. Tell us about the brand, Miss. How did you come up with the name, Miss <laughs> America? You've been kind of self-proclaimed. You see it, chat it right. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> okay. 
You, you've been so, a self-proclaimed Miss America of Chicago, of Rogers Park, <laughs> of the near north side for a long time. So how okay. did you? <laughs> so when I was young, I was a tomboy. And I wanted to, I didn't want to do beauty pageants. I didn't like beauty pageants. But my cousin was like, well, I've been doing beauty pageants for so long. And she was like, I'm going to win. And I'm like, no, you're not. So... <laughs> The first time I was on the patch, I won first place. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> and that was my whole thing, like, getting back at her because she had been doing it for, like, 10 years. Mm-hmm. This was my first year. Mm. And I was literally a time where, like, if you can see the pictures of me, like, I'm standing there just <laughs> looking stiff and everything. And that's when I came up with the Miss America. Like, I just kept that in my mind since then because I was, like, I was a kid, but I was, you know, very mature. So I was, like, well, that's my name now. Okay. And because I was a time boy, I was, like, but, you know, you can't miss me, so that's my name. And I did that, and I was winning. Uh, that's when I moved down south with my dad, but I came back to Chicago, so I, I wasn't in beauty pageants anymore. Mm-hmm. How old were you doing this beauty pageant? Uh, when I did my Thanks. first beauty pageant, I was seven. Mm, okay. Yeah, and I did, what, five? Because, you know, you have, like, the spring and then, mm-hmm. like, the fall. Yeah. So I did, like, the three years I was down there, I did, like, two each year. And then I didn't want to do it no more because I was like, well, I made my point. <laughs> <laughs> I won. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, I would never consider you a tomboy. So why would, why do you consider yourself a tomboy? I was, though, because actually when you met me, I had, I was pregnant in high school. Is that correct? Maybe. And um, before then, I was a tomboy. Like, I had always been a tomboy. It's just always been in me. But it's like, you know, when I had my child, I kind of got out of that tomboy stage. But mm-hmm. I still do. Like, if you see some of my clothes now, I'm wearing hats to the back and, mm-hmm. you know, back, you know, shirts, big shirts, and that's just who I am. But it's like when you become a woman, you kind of be like, oh, I'm a woman now. So you kind of explore everything about being a woman. Yeah. And then it's kind of like when you have that, when you can be diverse, it's kind of easy to do everything, and that's what I try to do. Back to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a children's book. What inspired you to write a children's book? Well, I have kids. I have a 14-year-old son, and I have a 9-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, at first I was like, I did two poetry books that kind of, you know, represents me. But I was like, well, I want to represent my kids. I want to put my mm-hmm. kids in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And basically I was like, you know what? Um, it was different to me because, of course, with a children's book, you want to have pictures in there and they want to be in color. Mm. But it mm-hmm. was so expensive. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I was making posts. Like, once again, on social media, it was like, can somebody direct me to how, what site I can go to so this could be a little bit cheaper? Mm-hmm. Or how do I make the, you know, illustrated mm-hmm. dead end? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a director. Mm. I wrote the book. It's a portrait book as well, but it's basically a child's voice is about my daughter and what she does in her everyday life. Nice. Okay. A family vacation is about my son because we went, we've went, we been, you know, been a lot of places. So basically I wrote it from his point of view, but just traveling. Mm-hmm. And I just literally wrote it and I said, you know what? I'm going to start taking pictures. So we was literally, oh, nice. I went from each part of the book to like taking pictures of the letter doing this, mm-hmm. taking pictures of the letter doing this. And I was doing that to my son. Mm-hmm. And that was like dope for me because it was like, I, it felt like I was a director. Yeah. You know, because I had wrote the book and I was like, well, let me see if I can put it together. And people loved it. So. I love that. Okay. Look, she said, look, if I'm not going to pay these high prices, y'all not going to direct <laughs> yeah. me to the cheap person, I'll do it myself. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that, yeah, it's like, basically, you just do your research. Like, I just downloaded, like, a whole bunch of apps, took pictures, and, you know, uh, cartoon, so they could look, you know, like, the books. And then I was like, well, at least if my kids ever look back, they can be like, I added them to, you know, my journey. Yeah. And that's what I went to do. Okay. Third is a charm. 
adult poetry book. Tell us about that. That one took a lot um, because the first four was before my 30th birthday. And then it's like, you know, it's just when you hit 30, so many things change like in that day. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, being young all my life and I'm 30 now. I'm like, okay, so it was just like a lot going on. And it was like. What changes? Well, you just kind of look at the world differently. Like you're sitting there saying you're coming through a new stage in womanhood, motherhood, sisterhood, everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once you get to a certain point, you start to evaluate things differently. And it's like when you do that, you kind of be in a different stage in your mind. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people think that you can't go from one day to the next day, but you really can depending on how fast you want to develop. True. How fast you want to grow. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, I took some time off, but I didn't write. Because I said, you know, I want the first two books, I got good feedback. And uh, I wrote about different things, but I said I want to write about something totally different. So, I wrote things about, like, HIV. Oh, wow. Uh, I wrote okay. things about pagan holidays. Mm. I wrote things about, like, homosexuals. Mm-hmm. I wrote things about abuse, mm-hmm. uh, molestation. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff that I didn't dig deep into my other two poetry books. Mm-hmm. And that's how that came about, because I just thought that there was definitely a charm. Wow, love that. Okay. And so that's why it was difficult because you were talking about top real life topics. topics and that everybody, I, I just like some topics are so sensitive to talk about, but when they talk about it, it's always negative. True. And then like HIV, you know, some people, you know, it's, you know, you get it from sex and then you get some people are born with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like they feel disgusted sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or people make them feel disgusted. Well, homosexuals, you know. It's a little bit different from when I was growing up. It's more accepted now, but I still wanted to bring light to the topic in a good way. Right. I didn't want it to be negative, and I wanted people to feel comfortable reading like it's okay. Whoever you are as a person, it's okay. Love it. So if the person, if people can't accept you for who you are, then you don't need to be in life. That's true. Sunrise Shine. Sunshine Rise. Sunshine Rise. Fifth book, which is an urban novel. Uh, which was published this year. Tell us about that. Well, you know, I just feel like if you're a true writer, you can write about everything. Mm-hmm. And since I've been writing poetry all my life, I just like, okay, well, that's like, you know, I could do that in my sleep. I was going to say, it's easy for you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it clearly rolls off you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then with the children's book, it was a poetry book, but that was a little bit difficult because it was like me actually telling a story. Mm-hmm. Um, not really experiences because I was really trying to talk about my children right. and explain that. But with that one, I was like, okay, so everybody loves urban books. And when mm-hmm. I first did my poetry books, they sold out. They did really good. But people was like, why don't you write an urban book? Why don't mm-hmm. you write an urban book? And so I did. So I literally wrote that book in 48 hours. Wow. Um, Yes. And that was my, fa- it was, that's not my most selling book, but my fastest in that time. Mm-hmm. I have sold probably over a thousand songs on books now. I love that. Okay. Yeah. And I read the, um, I, I definitely uh, will be back on the website, but I read like the, the back of it. I mm-hmm. love the story concept. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. I love the fact that you uh, made the main character from home where mm-hmm. you grew up at, mm-hmm. uh, basically the struggle, you yes. know, I get it, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so everything about it jumped out at me because I, me, I read, uh, religiously. So urban novels, all of the above, whatever. And mm-hmm. it instantly made me think of Ashley Antoinette. Okay. Because she um, is from Flint, and she started writing when she was 16, but she didn't know. Just like you said, you just you knew that it was your calling, mm-hmm. and she wrote what she, she, wrote what she knew. So yes. she basically told her story through her mm-hmm. books. Yes. Yeah. 
what uh, who are some writers that have inspired you over time? You know, uh, honestly, you know. none. Um, growing up, I think that what I do, what I dislike, but I do, I do love now. When you're growing up, you heard about two poets. That was Maya Angelou and Lane Sanders. It's so many more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like when I was in school, because you know, when it comes out to certain things, poetry is like its own literature. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different field. Um, with that mm-hmm. being said, I feel like when you're in school, they want to teach you that, okay, it's only two color people can do this. Not too many people can do this. <laughs> and that's what I feel like. So growing up, I've always loved them. But I never did much research in terms of really going to their lives. Hmm. I just loved them as the, what I knew. Knew, right. So, like, no. Like, a lot of people ask me who inspires me. A lot of people ask me who's my, uh, who I look up to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, me. Oh, okay. And okay. sometimes people think, like, okay, well, damn. Like, that's kind of cocky. But no, because you have to understand, like, me being 30 and just going through what I went through, I have always been my inspiration because that's what got me out of that's what got me out of situation mm-hmm. myself. Right. Not these other people. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you look at these lives and they're not real or you don't really know every detail unless they, you know, go down and explain it. You know, Maya loved her. She definitely put a lot of stuff in her writing, but she was deeper than what she wrote about. Oh yeah. A so lot of people don't know sick. she was a prostitute. That's my point. Mm-hmm. So, like, until you kind of realize that, until you are in tune with yourself, I feel like you have to be your biggest fan. Mm-hmm. You have to love every part of you because we go through so much and so many different obstacles in life. And it's like, you hate this part of you, hate this out of you, but you have to love that part of you because that makes you an end. Yeah. Did you always know that you wanted to publish books? No, like literally, I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. <laughs> and then I was at Walgreens for three years, and I was being promoted every year. And I kind of thought like that would be my dead end, mm-hmm. you know. But like, it's not a dead end. Being meaning dead end, I mean like not dead, but it's kind of like how you know that you can do more, mm-hmm. so you kind of settle. So it's kind of like a dead end because if you settle, it's a dead end. Mm-hmm. You're not, okay. you know, that's what I mean by that. You're not but, being creative. Yeah, like, and I think like when you know you have potential to do more and you settle for something, that's like a dead end because mm-hmm. you could be more than that. And like I said, um, I was being there for three years. I love my job. And it was just, it changed like management changed and you know management changed a lot of things changed. Ooh, this is true. And uh, I was like, well, huh, I can't do this. We're not gonna do this. And then that's why I was like, I thought to God because I gotta figure out what I have to do. I'm about to be thirty. I got two kids. <laughs> I ain't got time. I gotta create myself. And initially, when I first came up to Miss America Voyage. Um, of course, because of my name, but also because of Asbrus. Like, I love this um, voice so much. <laughs> and then, you know, I try to be creative because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, how so many people, they create, like, names and mm-hmm. they create websites. And you Google, you see three or four of the same name. You yes. Google the mystery board, you see one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with that being said, I was like, okay, let me be creative. And then, I just, I knew I wanted to do more than books. But I didn't think that I would write that fast and mm. published so many books so then I was like well you know I want to do other things I want to do pens I want to do pencils I want to do shirts I want to do shoes I want to do backpack that's what I did mm. okay okay now you are currently living in Mississippi correct okay in my SSSIPS but you are from born and raised Chicago I met you on the near north side and it's not too many Published writers and authors um, 
that come from that area or that uh, aspire to be an author uh, or feel like it's something that they can even do. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us about your upbringing in that area? Of where I was born and raised? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I grew up on the near north side. Uh, if anybody knows where Clyborn is, that's where I grew up at. Um, we was a very close-knit family. So, like, basically the house was, like, three houses in one. Oh, wow. Okay. So, it was my grandparents, of course, my auntie's cousins, and my siblings, and we were all there. And, um, you know, basically my grandma and my granddaddy raised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of, like, is different because, you know, like, a lot of times um, people feel like grandparents raising you is kind of like better but I feel like when you're a child you always want your parents to raise you mm-hmm. that didn't happen for me uh, but now to this day me and my mom and my dad we're like both the best of friends um, mm-hmm. so that's you know I think that's nothing because some people hold on to their childhood and they hold, hold on to things that hurt them in the past and I feel like when you become true to yourself you let that hurt go because mm-hmm. then you realize that people shouldn't have that power over you mm-hmm. And that was my biggest thing. Um, and having my child young, like I was 16 when I had him, so I was still in school. And it was like, everybody was like, she ain't going to be shit. She ain't going to be mm, nothing. Mm-hmm. Look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's crazy because when you're young like that, you be like, well, I didn't, I've never felt that way about you. I always wanted to see you in. I always wanted to see you succeed. But mm-hmm. I think people see stuff in you that you don't see in yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. So even though people were saying those hurtful things, I feel like they felt like, she can do it, mm, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that was my biggest thing because I still finished um, high school. I still, you know, did what I had to do as a parent, and I just moved forward. And when I had my child, I was like, I just got to pour all that love into him and move forward. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Now, you grew up over on Clyborn, but you hung out in the hood. But <laughs> <No. laughs> the thing about it is I hung out in several hoods because we moved. We moved a lot. You know, well, I stayed outside. The north side. I stay outside, out west, <laughs> in the near north side, so you can keep talking. Okay. Goodwin. Rogers Park. Uh-huh. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, so. That was after. Rogers Park, that's So that up. was grown then. Okay. Yeah. That's how, about Lakeshore Drive, right? What's, uh, like, by Howard? By Evanston. It's oh, right, yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Right before Evanston. Evanston. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it, got it. And okay. so you did, did you see your community or where you hung out at as a dead end. You know, you can look at some of the people from the neighborhood we grew in and uh, some of them dead and some of them are, you know, not doing so well. But quite a few are doing well. But my point is, being young, did you see your environment and where you hung out as a dead end? I did because I think that even um, when you make mistakes like that or you're not thinking fully you still think in your head like this is not getting me nowhere mm-hmm. and I always thought like that but then it takes you as a person to sit there and say are you going to rise above it or are you going to stay mm-hmm. and like you said you know uh, I left Chicago 8 years ago but when I left I was 23 so still when I left at 23 people were still in the same spot they were when we was in high school mm. and there's still some people to this day are staying in the same spot since high school so like <laughs> with that being said it was like I knew especially when I had my son that really kind of like changed because I was like I didn't want that life for him mm. I didn't want him to go through what I went through I didn't want him to you know be a young parent or feeling like you had nobody because that's mm-hmm. what I felt like and that's why I'm like when I went out on my own and I was a young but I was like I had to because I wanted to show my son like 
at the end of the day, you can start anywhere and end somewhere totally different. Amen. And that's what my whole point was doing. And that's what I did. And then when I made the decision, because when I left, I didn't have my daughter. She was like one. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I got to get out of Chicago. I just feel like my life in Chicago, I was not been where I'm at now. Mm. I think the decisions I was making, the people I was dealing with, the people I was involved with, what they was going to hold me down. And now that I'm 30, I realized this was when people could block your blessings. And I cut these people off because I don't want nobody blocking my blessings. What made you pick Mississippi, though? Okay, so my mom is born and raised up. My father is from Mississippi. Oh, got it. Okay, okay. Mississippi, but when he had his set of kids up here, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, okay, well, I have family down south. Let me try something different. Let me go to school. That's what I did. Yeah, okay. And then I was like, when I go to school, uh, I do school, and then I do a part-time job and just, you know, do what I have to do. And that's what I did. Like, I literally left Chicago. I left my whole apartment. I'm talking about I left my car. I left clothes. I left shoes. I left a whole bedroom set, a whole kitchen set, a whole dining set. Oh, you literally just got up and said, I'm I going. left. And okay. then I had $400 in my pocket. And when I left, I found a job in the apartment in the same week. That's what so I'm I was like, about. God did that. Mm-hmm. So you're a teenage mom. Mm-hmm. What do you say? to other teenage moms or teenagers mm-hmm. who, you know, have a, have a path to choose? Well, I think the biggest thing for me was I was always mature. Even though when I made selfish decisions or decisions that wasn't good, I was always mature, so I always knew the difference when I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times, a lot of these young people don't know when they're doing wrong because they don't have self-guidance. True. They're not in tune with their self. And even though, like, people have to understand, we are human, so we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But you still have to sit there and say, well, that was a mistake, but I knew it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Some people make mistakes and don't think nothing wrong. They think nothing wrong about it. Yeah. Accountability is rough for some people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the, for me. So I think that for teenage moms or teens in general, just know that, you know, Anything that you're going through, you can rise above it, but it has to be your decision. It has to be your choice. It can't be anybody else's choice. And a lot of times, I know some people want to do better, but a lot of times people don't. Mm -hmm. And for those, you really can't help because that's a self-journey. They have to want to do better. Right. Now, you can give them the most positive quotes, the most positive feedback, but if a person doesn't want to do something, they're not going to do it. But I want them to just always know the people who are struggling, who want to do right. Just know that, you know, prayer is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever religion you choose to have, just make sure that you have that. Make mm-hmm. sure you have faith. Right. Make sure you have people around that's up there for you. You know, and I know, like, growing up, you had those people, like, called you when it was time to smoke or drink. But they never called you to do homework. Hmm. Learn to see, pick your crowd. Mm-hmm. If you know that you want this path. You know, like, when you give out good, good comes. That's true. You give out bad, bad comes. And I think that people have to understand that. So when you're giving out good energy, you want to receive it. Mm -hmm. So if you want a certain path, you have to go on that journey. And a lot of times I feel like a lot of people are influenced. Mm -hmm. A lot of people from Chicago, the city, they don't want to do that stuff. They influenced to do it or they're, okay, if you don't do this, you a bitch, you a pussy. You know, like, that's how we, you know, that's how it is. But you have to understand (laughs) 
Let them be that same person on that block 10 years later. Right. And you got a degree or right. you got an education or you have your own business. Mm-hmm. So I really just want young people to understand that. Like, just know that if you wanted to do good, you can do good. And also, like you said, it's okay to be a leader. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't be a follower. Right. Because followers die every day. They're dead now. A lot of people I know are dead that I grew up with. They're no longer here or in the same position. And I think that, you know, for me, it was always a progress thing. Mm-hmm. And I was always mature for my age, and everybody always knew that. So it was like, if I'm, like, I'm trying to set a goal and I can't make it because I'm hanging around certain people, I made that decision. So, okay, I have to reevaluate what I'm doing. I can't blame everybody else. Mm-hmm. I blame myself. Now, Miss America, you said that there were people that you were hanging around mm-hmm. back then and you saw nothing good coming out of being here in Chicago. I'm not a fan of the Chicago bashing. Uh, I'm not a fan <laughs> of people <laughs> running. You know, people love to run to drink you some water. Well, uh, first of all, let me stop you because you said run. I didn't run. Well, you say you went to Mississippi, so, you know, people are all going to go to Atlanta, like Atlanta's supposed to change see, their I life. I think that's Texas different because I, a, I, agree with you. I agree with you on that. Atlanta, the whole situation is totally different. <laughs> people go to Atlanta thinking people, that's going to change their life. But I feel like it doesn't matter if you're in the same state on, if you're in the same state of mind, no matter what state you go to, you're going to have that same mind frame. Right. So, if so you have, for me, oh. <laughs> she said let her finish. For me, <laughs> when I decide to leave, my mind frame was the, you know what? I have to present something different for my kids. I don't want my kids growing up in the hood. Mm-hmm. I don't want my kids having to worry about going outside, mm-hmm. playing in the background, playing. So it wasn't that I was running. It was a decision that I made because I actually had family. I didn't just pick up and go and have nobody. And I was going to ask you, is that when you were seven, is that when you were at in Mississippi? Well, my no. So it was like that my dad's from Eckerd, which is a small town. Okay. Uh, but he moved, when I moved, he was in Tupelo. Oh, and that's okay. why I live at now. Okay. So that's what he was. So I went where he was. Got it. Yeah. And it was just a different, you know, helping me with my kids. He was a truck driver, mm-hmm. so he had time. Like our schedules, you know, kind of make uh, make sense. Basically, yeah. Like they matched up. I didn't have to, you know, have to worry about if I need a babysitter or if I need to pick my kids up. And I just wanted my kids to be able to have a life where they were comfortable. Mm. And I'm not saying you can't have that in Chicago, but let's be realistic. Like you know. You can't just let your kid run outside in Chicago. You can do that then. You can't do that now. <laughs> like, I have a house now. My kids can go in the front yard, the backyard, the side yard. They can go wherever they want to go. So it wasn't that I was running, but I feel like a lot of people have to understand, when you have kids, it's not about you no more. Mm-hmm. And it was about them. That's why I made that decision to start Googling. And then you can't really say running, too, because then she had family there. Her dad was there. Yeah, and I, it's a difference when people get up one day and talk about, I'm going to Atlanta to start and over. I think Ain't been there dad when, you're, when you leave into going to a different state, your whole objective. Because some people run and go to states, and it's like, so what, what are you trying to do there? You trying right. to do what everybody else is doing. That's mm-hmm. not what I was doing. I wasn't right. going there to shake ass or do this or do that. I went there with a plan saying that I'm going to go. She did not go to <laughs> We're <laughs> <laughs> trying to get my body done and I went down here mm-hmm. to literally start over. With and, family. Yeah. Yes. And then like I said, my dad's family is literally from Mississippi. Because mm-hmm. Erica was probably like 30, 45 minutes. So I had aunties there. I had cousins there. It was just, you know, a better support system at that time. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So okay. running isn't the word, but thank you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
You know, I, I must say that I, I haven't been challenged. No, you uh, haven't. Then we, we talked about this before. Yes. Like, no one has actually come here That's and challenged. Right. I, I, you have <laughs> let that... Um, she said she was going to get it out. She wanted to explain that yeah. running and uh, changing for the better. Because you put words there that that's not, I didn't say that. You didn't even hear that word come out my what mouth. What say? Who said that? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're a Gemini, so we oh, wow. get, okay. uh, <laughs> many different We're not going to do that. Today. We're not going to do, do that. Do you want to see another one? <laughs> <laughs> Support system. Uh, were your parents a support system? Were your grandparents a support when? system? At what point? Throughout. Throughout your 30 years. Uh, as far for your writing. Going towards your writing career. Well, as far as my writing career, my mama was... Uh, she went to school for journalism. Oh, beautiful. She was a writer. Okay. Um, and she actually got a degree in that. So, basically, um, my sister writes, too. So, you know, when I was here... Um, I did like poetry, uh, you know, at school, and we had like little tournaments and all that stuff going on. And I won one year, and then she was just like, "Okay, I want you to take this to the next level." And I didn't because my math wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, "Okay, well." So when I started writing, and I had that dream, I sat on it for like a couple of days, and then I called like my mom, my sister, my dad, and I was like, "Well, I have a plan." I was like, well, "Yeah, I know I've been writing for a long time. I'm thinking about writing a book." And it was like, "What you talking about?" And everybody else. Was like, Basically, like, this bitch crazy. She's trying to write a book. Like, what she got to say? Because oh. some people, I think, besides people in school, people know, people in school knew I was always smart. Mm -hmm. But it's like, him. <laughs> you know how people bring stuff out of you? Yes. So it's like, so negative stuff. Him. Um, him down. Him down. Yes. <laughs> him, like, when I first met him, he just always was out my neck. Because literally, when he first asked me my name, I'm like, Majestic. He was like, Majestic, who? I'm like, The Barge. Do you remember that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, so you're part of the barges. But, like, he's just like people. Sometimes I feel like you got people. That's how I look at life. Mm -hmm. Like, you have an ocean. And you have people on the shallow end. Mm -hmm. You have people on the deep end. And it's like, with some people, they're going to be shallow regardless. Hmm. Then it's like, you got some people that's on the deep end, they're going to be deep regardless. And those people that's in the middle, where you don't know where that deep end is headed, so you have to pull it out of them. Mm. I've always been deep, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, even when I joke, I'm deep. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when you know what type of person you are, it's like you try to explore that. Okay. I never felt like I had any limits or anything. I mm -hmm. never felt like that. I never felt like I could be stopped. My biggest problem was always, I guess, me. What happens, Sir Goodwin? Well, I don't, uh, I hope you're not referring to me when you say uh, <laughs> that There's I wasn't uh, supportive. How do you do it? I was, uh, I've always, I read, uh, you You wrote stuff for me and, and you know, uh, I read your things and I've always been a fan. I've never been negative. No, I'm not saying you negative, but I'm saying <laughs> people like her. Before we started Kim. talking, Kim, I'm sorry. It's fine. Her and I guess you all on your gender pronouns these days, so <laughs> that's why you keep referring to everybody as her and him. Like, we don't have names. Kim. Like, our names are all around the damn room. But go ahead, Miss Amelia. Go ahead, Miss Amelia. Go to Miss Amelia. Go ahead. Uh, basically, what I was going to say, like, if 
if, okay, we walk in this room and Kimberly saw us just talking, if she didn't know anything about me, she, you probably would think that that's all I had. So that's what I'm saying. Like, when you start talking to people, you see people are deeper than what they are. When I first met you, you was a jackass, and you was literally trying to bring that jackass out of me, and that's what you got. Until you realized I was deeper, because you didn't start reading my poems, so I was like an adult. When you first met me, I was a shorty. Like, literally, I was like a kid. I was 15. I mean, I was 16. When you read my poem, it was like, I was like 20, right? Okay. <laughs> did, did you have supportive friends in Chicago? Uh, no, you were I, writing. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. No? Why not? Why do you feel that they weren't supportive of your writing? Did well, you I share your writing with them? What's he like? Did you invite them to your poetry <laughs> slams and things like that? Anywho, so uh, sometimes you pick the wrong friends, like you said. Like she said, she made a very great point earlier, where she said, "When you surround yourself with people that don't understand your objective and your perspective, then they're not going to follow you through your journey." So I don't think she means it in a negative way. Like she had bad friends, mm -hmm. she just didn't have friends that understood her dream or her goal. But not only I think that you have to understand when, uh, like if you say friends, like you know you go to school, you meet people, and they're your friends. And, but then when you move to a different state, it's kind of like that changes. It's not like I stayed in Chicago. So once I became an adult or when I started, you know, uh, just living my own life, we was already separated because we was all starting our own lives. We all became mothers. Mm -hmm. We all moved on different sides. So we still kicked in and hung out. But I think that, you know, like once you, like at the past, time passes, you don't forget about people. But it's like, you know, if I'm not in Chicago, I already talk to people. And it's not a negative ad. It's not always the same that when we see each other love. But it's like, we got our own lives now. We got different journeys now. And I think that also people, like she said, and some people who you have friends when they're young, they might be friends to you dad. Or they just might be cordial. Mm -hmm. But some people are not meant to go with you on your journey. They're just not. And it's like, it's okay. Like, I feel like a lot of times people, when they disconnect, they have to be negative, and you don't. Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to bash people. I don't think you have to be enemies. I don't think you have to be negative things going on. I think people put that in people's heads for it to be like that. Oh, they was tough back in the day. They don't talk no more. No, it's not like that. Everybody not I supposed feel like to also, Yes, and not only that, I feel like with women, they always try to put us against each other. Like... If we move on, it's not no hate. We don't have to fight. We don't have to argue. It's like you have your life and I have mine. So as long as I see you and it's the same love, it's going to always be the same love. I have people now that's my friends in Mississippi. I don't talk to them every day. I don't talk to them every month. But it's that same love. And when you're a genuine person, that same love is always going to be there. So you don't, do you have any Chicago friends from your childhood that have come along on this Miss America voyage? No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> I want to ask something. So you said that you are all of this is self-published. Yeah. So uh, what would you give? So, of course, right now, everybody wants right then, right mm -hmm. there. It seems like you took the time. You already knew that you were a writer. But then, like you said, you were out in the world. And then you noticed that it was something that you wanted to do all on your own. Mm -hmm. What were the steps that you took to actually do the publishing on your by yourself? Okay, so um, I had tried to contact some self-publishing companies. Mm -hmm. I did not like what the fuck they was telling me. Because I'm like, that don't make sense. Oh, wow. Um, and then, like, I had a cousin whose husband had published a book. Wow, okay. And she actually, somebody had actually helped him with the book. 
And when I talked to the lady, like, as soon as I talked to her, I instantly had a connection with her. Mm -hmm. Because she was giving me information. It wasn't just, okay, this is how much this costs. Right. And I know that knowledge is, you know, it costs to have Mm -hmm. knowledge. Knowledge is power. But she was giving me insights on things like, well, don't go through a publishing company because if that publishing company fails, then your book can go down with it. Right. Or just telling me, you know, what I need to have a book. So we talked about that at first. So I was like, okay, I think... That, you know, this is really what I need to do because God is sending me the right people right now. Right. And basically, when she told me everything that I did, it was like, that was the first rodeo. And after that, she had me with my first book, but my four books after that, and you see, I did a back-to-back. I just picked on that click. Mm -hmm. And then from what she told me, I just researched. I just researched. Mm -hmm. So with people who are trying to go through publishing companies, it's nothing wrong with that, but just understand, I want all my money to myself. Right. I want everything to go through me. I want my brand to be me. I don't want somebody to say, okay, I help her do that. Or I'm responsible for her success. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I don't want anybody to say that. And I think sometimes people jump on the, like, quick success. Mm-hmm. Quick success don't last. That's true. A lot of people become social media famous and all that. And it's like, that's okay. You know, I'm not knocking anybody. Mm-hmm. But then you see them five or six years later, they're not relevant. Right. So if I have to go through this journey years before I make it to where I want to be, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because God has blessed me through this journey and he's steady you know, making me revisit every part of myself mm-hmm. and the parts that I don't know. Right. And then he's helping me know more about myself that I do know. Okay. And I just think that, you know, when you start something, sexy books, because a lot of people don't read. Which is so sad. A lot of people don't read. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said I want to bring more to my website, more to my brand, because a lot of people who didn't buy my books, they bought lip gloss, they bought a shirt, they bought shoes, they bought mm-hmm. leggings. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, okay, y'all doing something. And you right. can't make people do something that they don't. You know, some people did buy a book, and I know they didn't read the shit. But I'm like, it's Just okay. Yeah. yeah, and I'm okay with that. But I feel like, you know, when you're trying to be this, dynamic woman you have to bring everything out of you and that's what I did because for like last year I just worked 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 I wrote I went to did everything else mm-hmm. meaning like I even started the home decor line like I have curtains I have oh, rugs okay. I have you know torches I have a lot of stuff because I was like well if somebody don't like this somebody's gonna like this right and now I'm just trying to sit back and reap all the benefits in because I worked so hard last year. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people want to just jump on the bandwagon to what's popping and realize that bandwagon ain't going to last long. That's true. Miss America Voyage. That the, is the, the, is it the? T-H-E. T-H-E. So it's the Miss America Voyage. Or the Miss America, yes. And where can we find all your works and the things that you're working on? Oh, the Miss Mary Voice.com. Miss the Miss America Voice.com. Yes. Tim. And also, I don't know if y'all know this, but if you Google one fine author, I pop up. Oh, okay. If you what, Google, Google one fine author. One fine author. <laughs> 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 because, plug it. Plug it. In this case, because like you know, I just you know, I be on social media a lot, but I don't know social media. If that makes sense. No, I, oh, I get it. <laughs> so, like, basically, people see me post a lot, but I don't know a lot. So, I had to just start on hashtag one fan author. Oh, I did yeah. it on like, okay. Instagram. I did it on Facebook. I did it on this. So, one day, I was like, well, let me see if this stuff worked because somebody told me that. You mm-hmm. know how you take last yep. names, like, try to put the hashtag. When I went on one end, and I saw my face, nothing but my face. I said, I'm like, I'm on something. There you go. So, it's like, it's still something that I feel like connects to me because that's my personality. And it's like, I feel like you can never love yourself so much. And it's different between being self-sufficient and selfish. I agree. And I'm not selfish, but I'm very self-sufficient. I think that you have to 
show people that how much you love yourself so they know not to ever play with you to disrespect you and not to love yourself mm-hmm. because a lot of, a lot of women don't know that just like teenagers said a lot of people don't love themselves enough to know if you don't know what you want know what you don't want there you go so do you uh miss america void the 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 if it was the it would be two e okay <laughs> But play with you are, you know, you this this light skinned gal. You got this long hair. <laughs> Do you consider yourself conceited? No. Or arrogant? No. No. You don't think so? Do you so? think I am? Hell yeah! No. <laughs> <laughs> wow! You, you want me? Do you feel like I'm conceited or arrogant? Not at all. Well, because you're not conceited in this moment. If for some okay, things you say, you be like. Can I clear air? Can I clear air? Yes. Thank you. So, I think that people sit there and see that you love yourself so much, and they take confidence as being arrogant. There you go. Now, keep in mind, I am a writer, so if you see something I post, it's probably something from my book. It's something I probably said, and I think a lot of times people have to understand, like, if you really know me, I'm humble. Mm -hmm. I'm very humble, and you, I'm not one of the people, like... Don't touch, I'm not that person. So if you see me saying stuff, it's like that's who I am. Well, look, bro. So, and then, so I think, explain I think, what you're saying. I think something also needs to be clarified or whatever. I think when people are very confident about themselves, people take it the wrong way. I think insecurities are so high these days. People are running out literally trying to make themselves look like somebody that they think they idolize. So when you find somebody that is gracious beautiful and is not afraid to comment on themselves people try to equate it with them being arrogant or overly confident rather than they're literally just confident in themselves yeah because i tell people i say what i post or what i say or me as a person it's not negative towards you mm-hmm. it's just how i feel about myself mm-hmm. so if you say what i say and it's offensive to you then that's you in your mind because i'm not worried about I'm you not i'm talking not to targeting you. people right i'm not sitting there saying that because if i say i'm the best bitch in the world i'm not saying that you can't be right. i'm just saying that i am mm-hmm. and you can have that same feeling right and i feel like people like you said they take that and just they twist it all around because i know some people who do that and it's like one thing I can't stand is as people. Like, they'll hate you or dislike you, but they want to be you. And I'm glad that you went there because that was my next uh, <laughs> topic of discussion is competition with these bitches. That is something wow. that you refer to a lot in your video. So I want you to explain, explain that. I no. want, I want you, not me. I want you <laughs> to explain why do you feel like bitches uh, in competition, <laughs> <laughs> But first and foremost, I have to go to a video okay. and just say that because, number one, he's fucking that shit up. Oh, he's fucking that shit up. I might have say, okay, this is what I do speak on a lot. I speak on a lot that people, <laughs> so many people that I have genuinely cared for, genuinely love has turned that back on me and turned into a competition. Mm. And when you do that, you fucked up because you was never my competition. So I feel like a lot of times people who don't know me or don't know situations or who don't know or don't see stuff, they sit there and take what they want out of it instead of knowing the details what a lot of people do. They feel like, okay, well, this person said this. It's always too sad a story. Mm-hmm. You can't believe everything that you hear. And not only that, when I adjust her stuff, I'm just letting it be known. 
if and even if it wasn't, I know a lot of people mimic me. I know that. I see that because I do shit in the street. You turn around and do it, but you don't like me. So why are you mimicking me? So I'm letting you know it's not a competition. But for me, it was never me trying to make competition with you. You made the competition. So when you say competition with the bitches, please show me a video, Sir Goodwin, because you kind of twisted my motherfucking words around and I didn't say it like that. Hey, all right. So, why do you find it necessary to use the word bitches when you because refer to females? Because some bitches are bitches, and not all females are bitches. Well, you use the word quite often. I, I've, I've been paying attention, especially since I knew you were coming. I've been making sure that I've been paying attention because to your you know, videos and your like stories. Let's just be for real. You got bitches in this world, you got females. This is true. And if I'm talking to somebody who's being negative toward me, then I'm being I mean? disrespectful. So why would well, this why be do you have female? to respond? I, I it's not about responding. You... Sometimes a general thing. I'll see people who are on their shit too. And people mimic them as well. And I just want people to that's, know. That's a, being mimicked and imitated should be a form of flattery. Not, but not when you're attacking that person. Yes. Yeah, Separate the two difference. because you're using it in the wrong narrative. When a person is, yes, uh, and when a person is literally being humble and being themselves, and you mimic them and then you try to be negative towards them, how? But you can't consider yourself humble if you respond in, in a negative way. But who's responding? Way. I could be, I can see But myself. I think, I think there's a difference because like, it's, I feel like it's a difference when you're on social media actually tagging somebody, letting them know that you've seen something and then you're responding to them rather than like, if you continue to see, let's just say someone disrespecting you, yeah. like and let's I say in comments or something like that. Journal and tar- general and targeted people. Correct. So, like, for him, if I was targeting somebody, then I can get why he felt like that. But mm-hmm. I'm not targeting anybody. You're not talking to anybody. Yeah, specific. because I feel like in this world, you got so many people, whether it's actresses, whether it's rappers, whether it's whatever. Everybody's being put against each other. And it's like, when you generally say that, hey, at the end of the day, why are you trying to be in somebody's lane that you're not in? Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to attack somebody that's not stunning you? That's something I can say because I think that's just like how you are a podcast. You talk about what you want to talk about. I talk about what I want to talk about because I have a platform, so I can talk about whatever I want to talk about. I mean, and I feel like people worry about the wrong shit sometimes. I feel like people would sit there and say, like, okay, well, this person I always talking about this. What this mean? But if you use your platform, do what you do. That's your platform. But do you think that it's necessary to It's not about comment? necessary. It's not it's not commenting to people uh even if directly. it's general, even if it's not specific. Yes, because I want people to, I want women to understand. You do not have to attack somebody. You do not have to sit there and be in competition with somebody. But you can do what you do regardless. Exactly. And that's why I speak on whatever I want to speak on. Because okay. I feel like people worry about the wrong shit. Like if I speak on selling ass, that's my ass, let me sell it. So don't worry about what I say. <laughs> So you have made reference to God throughout mm-hmm. this entire show. Mm-hmm. And who is Miss America's God? Oh, well, I'm a Hebrew Israelite. Oh, wow. My, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. My uh, niece's family. Okay. So yeah. who is your God? Who is the Hebrew Israelite God? The real God. I mean, what type of question is that? Like, if you read the Bible... Everybody is it Jesus? Is Jesus the Hebrew Israelite God? It's I don't I think it's the thing is is I think if she so your religion 
and who she thinks it's, it's not. It, I don't think you're. I think you're thinking like it's two separate things. It's not. It's not. They're just taught a different. Like for instance, I'm a Christian. I'm a Baptist. Uh, mm-hmm. Baptist Christian or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think the way religion was taught to us was different, but mm-hmm. it's the same religion. Well, Hebrew is like religion is more like we go strictly at the Bible mm-hmm. and meaning like you know how like you have Christians and baptism Baptists and stuff like that like that was something that was made up that was not nothing in the Bible says that you're a Christian nothing in the Bible says you're a Baptist white men made that up and if you read the Bible correctly as you will know that being Christian doesn't mean what Christians are today and I feel like that's another thing that people understand being a Hebrew Israelite is like going we don't preach we teach so, like, on Saturday, every Saturday, they take scriptures out of the Bible. They break them down, and they let you know what they mean. And it's like, with Christians, they just know that I've been to, like, you know, Baptist church and Christian mm-hmm. church. They'll take a, a one scripture, and then they'll just talk about everything else. And basically off that one, like, scripture. And it's like... I think it's different. It's, the thing is, is also with religion, again, I think that with Christianity, mm-hmm. or whatever, like you said, Christianity through slavery was something totally different yeah. than what we are actually taught mm-hmm. in church. Yes. So our pastor, yes, might take a scripture mm-hmm. and he might broaden that scripture yeah. or whatever, but he's still teaching from the Bible. But I get what you're saying is rather than like you all are literal word mm-hmm. for word from the Bible. Yes, like he's breaking it down because I feel like the Bible, when you're teaching the Bible, Yes, you could throw in other stuff to make people understand it. Because, you know, right. everybody's interpretation is different. It's different, right. Uh, but when you're taking every scripture out the Bible and you're reading it and saying, this is what this means, this is what it means, you're teaching. Mm-hmm. And I think that because of slavery, you have to understand, when we was taught stuff, the white man was teaching us. So how who to say they were teaching us the right thing? They could have just told us everything. And we couldn't read that they didn't want you to read. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Tradition. tradition tradition, doesn't make things right. And that's why I want people to understand that we have been taught so many different things that are not correct in any time. And that's way. why you have to read yourself. Uh-huh. And, and then, like, you know, like, just like you, it's a lot of people, like, when I went down south, Oof. I told them I didn't eat pork. They just, I was Muslim. Like, they only knew Muslim and Christianity. And I'm like, it's You in the Bible Belt, baby. Okay, uh, so, I mean... <laughs> But I'm just saying, you in Mississippi, yeah. girl. And then it was like, I have heard people say, because they was like, what do you go to church? And I'm like, Saturday. And they'd be like, oh, are you a, a Jehovah Witness or whatever? And I'm like, no. They thank you at the kingdom. And home. then I was like, when they was, I was like, because technically, you know, you're not supposed to go to church on Sunday. Like, we know that. And they're like, people know that. Some people would say that. And I was like, I know you're supposed to go to church on Sunday. So if you know that, why do you go? And that's why I say you can go deeper into stuff and explain stuff. But it's like if people, because I think that sometimes people feel like when you talk about certain stuff, it's like you are reorganizing the way they think. And a lot of people don't like that, especially no, I mean, in their Oh, well, right. But I think the better thing is, is people, a lot of people are not open to knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, like, exactly what you just said, I received. Yeah. Or whatever. But some people will look at it as mm-hmm. like, oh, like, wait a minute, you're trying to offend my exactly. religion. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I don't ever want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to offend anybody's religion. But it's like, when you sit there and you say certain stuff, like, Okay, well, you know, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. Be like, well, we know that. So it's like, you know more than what you're saying then. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said some people are not open to knowledge, especially people like, you know, my parents are older. So it's like, you know, my dad and other people, it's like when you try to teach them stuff that's right, they are so stuck in what they was taught. 
Mm. And you have to understand, you have the there. If your parents supposed to be hundred something years old now, who taught them? Right. Who is is your dad's side or your mom's side? Hebrew. Uh, my mom. Your mom's side. Wow. From, and your mom is from here. here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So my original quest question was, who is your God? So in Christianity, you, Jesus is our God. Hmm? Who is the Jesus he, is God's son? Is the Hebrew? It's the same. Jesus. Like she just said, it's not different. It's the same. You worship Jesus? It's the whole thing. Like, God, Jesus, it's not different. Like, I don't care what you're asking. Like, you, you're not asking the right question. Like, are you understanding what you're saying? I definitely understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I think you know what I'm saying. Like, I said, let me try it again. So, he, 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 God, he, just like in our religion, God is, God <laughs> sent Jesus to pay for our sins or whatever. Differently, like she says, there's a scripture for scripture. Oh, okay. That that will we'll, we'll, that'll be another show. So when you back here from Mississippi, we all have to sit down and you know do another the show. Leave the station, sir. Good one. <laughs> I, I mean, because you know, I asked you where you're going. Then you started comparing it to Christianity, and I didn't. No, I was giving you an example of explaining the difference. No, you were saying that no, Christians don't said, do it. A certain way that we do it. This, yes, the preacher do it this, and we don't. Because teach. that's true. But though. our preacher is she teaching as well. She broke it down. She said that literally they would take a scripture out of it, and then they'll go off around it. I'm telling you that every scripture in the Bible is read to us and broken down. That's what I said. It's, it's the they same. don't. No, they don't. Okay. <laughs> I, but maybe you're not going to the right church. What's that? Maybe you visited the wrong church. That's what I'll say because since you were visiting. Okay, so I have a question for you. So when you go to church, give me like just go over what your pastor do then, so I can know since I'm saying something wrong. Because I've been to a Christian, I've been to a Christian church, I've been to a Baptist church, I've been to Methodist. So tell me what you're trying to say. So you go to church. No, the preacher teaches. A preacher teaches. Tell me how. They have the Bible, just like like how, like how you just want me going into detail, going into detail. How? So they get on there and they say what? What? What they do? Whatever their whatever the topic is for, like we talk about on Sunday, it was about you know uh, the Lord not being rising from the dead, you know, not being in the tomb. So you know you go to different scriptures in the Bible that describe that, and you teach from now each each. Preachers teaching be different. method mm-hmm. is different, but they are teaching what's but do they in the not Bible. add? That's what I'm trying to. You're not getting what I'm saying. Do they not add other things? What I'm saying add is things so, from so basically, let me let me try to break this down again because we're getting off topic because this is another show. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for us yeah. to get off air so we can actually talk about this. So the thing is, is that in how she was taught, there is no extra. So what she's saying is, is that if she was receiving the same word that we received on Sunday, the person that's teaching her is adding nothing to the scripture. They're reading it. So if they start in Psalms 25 and three, they're going to read it word for word from Psalms 25 and three to 25 and let's say nine or something. They're not adding anything to it. It's just scripture rather than the pastor is going to give up and give us an entire word. And he's going to fill us, right? He's going yeah. to fill our soul with the scripture and his teaching. So how do you teach? You said that they teach from... Well, so like you? when you teach, it's like when you're in school. Like if you go over a lesson, you know, you read the lesson, but you have to comprehend it. 
Okay. So if you're they only breaking down the yeah. words in the scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Add that to the list. We will be rounding on back around he- to that. Hebrew one. is I know a few Hebrew is Oh good. So then we can how long you here? And so Monday. Oh, okay. And um yeah, I'm I I've always been curious to know what a Hebrew Israelite is and who they were. But you do know everybody that's color is Hebrew Israelite, right? Everybody that's what? Color. Like, we're Hebrew Israelites. You do know that, right? Yeah, I understand that part, but came from then we should yeah. all, everything should kind of be the same. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us, uh, we are with uh, the Miss America Voyage, uh, also known as Rachel Hilliard. Sade Hilliard. It's Rachel Sade Hilliard. Rachel Sade Hilliard. <laughs> she's an author, she's a poet, she's a, a writer, and she's also a mom. Tell mm-hmm. us about motherhood. You have your son, Devonche, and... Don't play with me. My son is not no damn Devonche. It's Dante. You do this shit every time. It's Dante. D-O-E-N-T-A-E. Dante, I like Dante. He got so big now. How old is he now? 14. Four, oh, him and Mario the same age. Yeah, you know oh, that. Nice. But keep going. And your daughter <laughs> is... Nine. And what's your daughter's name? Delayla. 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 Delayla? Yeah. That's a lot of vibes. So... Tell us about my kids and they vow start good win. Tell us go ahead. Tell us about motherhood. <laughs> Wait, oh my gosh. <laughs> motherhood is crazy. And then like going through that, um you know, like just it just seemed like yesterday my kids were babies. Oh, I could dress them up and do stuff and then you know they have all these hormones now. Oof. And it's like they are different people. <laughs> like, they like them, they little adults. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then my kids have always been mature and that's what that's they get it from their mom. But it's like <laughs> they just I love my kids and I just think that motherhood is something that didn't save me, but it made me open my ass to realize that I'm kind of responsible for another body now. Yeah. So with that being said, you have to look at stuff differently. Mm-hmm. You have to plan ahead. You have to do stuff that, you know, you want to have did for yourself. Right. You can't make selfish moves. And then it's like, you know, being, like I said, I just remember just resting them up, doing little gift bags. They don't like little gift bags no more. They don't <laughs> like me dressing them up no more. And it's just like, I think it's just like the different steps of motherhood because I'm just now getting there. Like, you know how you have grown kids and you've been there, mm-hmm. but it's like just literally like, yes, they just seem like my kids were babies. And my kids have always been close. Like, they're really close. And now oh, they nice. just arguing, you know, but I just like the hormones. Like, he's mm-hmm. a teenager now. Oh, yeah. What is the main thing that you would do differently in raising your children that uh, would differ from how you were raised? Well, I just think like really getting to know each child differently. I think mm-hmm. back in the day, you know, as parents, not to say that they didn't love their kids if they didn't know they was different, but back then they kind of raised us all as one, if that makes sense. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and like basically, you know, now, like just like when I was growing up, you couldn't have stress, you couldn't have depression, you couldn't have anxiety, you couldn't have those things. Mm-hmm. Those things didn't exist. And it's like now knowing and just being a writer, especially talking about those things, because I have points about those things, it's like I want to see Nante for Nante. I want to see Delilah for Delilah, and I'm learning that now. And it's like it's I'm just really learning them separately because like when they're when they're kids, even though they have fabulous apart, you know they kind of 
they kind of like one. Mm -hmm. But then when they start having their own personality, it's like, you know, you have to deal with this one differently. Mm -hmm. And I actually have a poem about parenting because it's like, I feel like growing up with me, especially, you know, when you grow up with a big family, so y'all all together, the cousins, brothers, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like now that I can actually take time to get to know my kids separately mm -hmm. and just learning them and just try to not make the mistakes that my parents made. Mm -hmm. And talking to them, you know, you have to talk to your kids and see what they think about stuff. Uh, growing up, you know, a lot of times you didn't have a say so. Did not feel like <laughs> you should, you know, because that's just it helps. Do you have any stepchildren? Yes, I have three. Three stepchildren? Three uh girls. How, oh, oh wow. nice. How okay. old how old are they? Fifteen, fourteen, and twelve. Oh wow, you are teenaged. Ow, wow. Okay, amen. Oh, wow. We should have got her a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah. I, next time. I got you, sis. Yeah. I got you. So how different, three girls, how is is that difficult, especially with you being 30, you know, you all are really not that far removed. They probably, I'm pretty sure they think they grown. Um, well, I don't you, have uh, Miss, You're Miss America, you know, you... You know, don't talk to me like that. Anyway, even though like I'm Miss America, I still know how to be a parent. She, she a mom too, like that. <laughs> and he know that because he see like my kids go everywhere. Like everywhere okay. I go, my kids go. Like I go on the trip, they go on the trip. Um, we just came back from New Orleans actually last weekend. Which we did no, we was there the weekend before. We was there the week of the twenty fifth. Yeah, we was there. there. Shut so, up. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And um. Basically, we had went there for, like, you know, one of the girls' birthday and stuff like that. And it was like, you know, I don't have patience. I don't have patience. So, I let my husband deal with that. Like, he deals with the kids when it comes to that. Because Nase is kind of like, me and Nase had be over here and he mm -hmm. be with the girls. Like, <laughs> and it's like, I think the thing about it is it's just, like, knowing what part to play. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like... A lot of times growing up, you know, your mother was the person that kind of did everything. Your father stepped in when it was time. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of like, you know, I do what I do. And it's like, he do what he do. And it works together perfectly. How long have you been married? We've been married for seven years. Congratulations. You don't see a lot of uh, married life and, and, and the kids on your social media. Why is that? You see my kids everywhere. So let's make that correction. Um, but as far as I think that here, yeah, let me correct you. Put your head down because you see my kids everywhere. But anyway, <laughs> is I think this is the thing. When you are a person who goes to sleep with a person every day, you wake up to them every day, that part of the world doesn't have to be showed. Amen. I feel like a lot of times people are trying to prove their relationship to say that they're in a relationship or mm -hmm. to prove that they have a relationship. But when you are truly happy within a relationship, there's no point to post something that people know. I feel like it goes back to that what's, you know, what's understood don't have to be explained. Well, and, but also seems like you don't need validation for your own relationship. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, even though I'm young, certain stuff, like he said, I talk about bitches and all this, like certain stuff I just don't play into mm -hmm. because you know that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I feel like when you know something, it's kind of like, what's the point of that? Mm -hmm. um, and... It's not that I feel like people feel like when you keep yourself a secret, it's like, oh, she's hiding. Not about hiding, but you know what it is when it comes to seeing me. Mm -hmm. You know what it is when you come to seeing him. It's understood. Just so, kind of like you, you know how, like, you was not married for a really long time, and you just got married. Kind of like that. Y'all have been together for a long time, and, you know. But go ahead. Tell us where we can <laughs> find your work, your literary work. Miss America Voice.com. 
TheMissAmericaVoyage.com? Yes, sir. So how do we spell that? So are we at T? We, we are at T-H-E. T-H-E. Is it M-I-S-S or is it just M-S? It's M-S. M-S-AmericaVoyage.com. You know, I remember asking you about one of your books. And you, you gave me. Now, I haven't purchased the book. Okay, I have to be honest. I don't know how to do that stuff on the internet. Okay, let me tell you. First of all, let me tell you how this situation went. He inboxed me and basically was like, well, how do I order your book? And I was like, well, you can go on my website. You can order it. Mm -hmm. And then um, he asked me. He was like, I don't know how to do that. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, well, do you? He, no, he asked me, like, well, do you have cash out? And I said, yeah, I have cash out. And I had a message in my phone to say, you never fucking responded. Like, you never said nothing. So, it was like nothing that, like, I have cash up and then what? Because, like, with people, what I can't say, I know a lot of people who have bought my books, like, really didn't go through the website. So, basically, I can go in and make the purchase myself as long as I have an email. But it's like, don't play with me. You got a whole podcast. You meant to tell me you don't have to work that. But if you really wanted to know, get that book. No, I, I see it, honestly. You I, would I, have asked somebody, hey, can you click on this? Can I get this? And somebody could have showed you. You have little kids that know how to do that. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I do want to support, uh, support the uh, Miss America Voyage. I do. Um, and I will. Uh, how do you come up with the price of your books? Because, I, I mean, though, your, some of your prices are, you know, they're pretty well, see, this is what happened. I think you don't understand when you start off, yeah, you have no money. Yeah, she's self-publishing, too. Yes, so that's like no right. company is purchasing anything. Michelle but, Obama book, when it first came out, was about 40 bucks. <laughs> see, also, I just want to clarify this, because knowing when I first did it, I didn't know what I know now. Yeah. When I first was doing the books, I wasn't uh, purchasing them in bulk like I should have. Oh, got it. Okay. But when I was sending the books out, the shipping price was so high because I wasn't buying the shipping mm -hmm. packaging in bulk. Yep. Because, you know, like, I'm just being honest, like I said, a lot of... I Bill touched me with a lot of stuff I don't pay attention to, so I didn't know a lot about that. Yeah. But also, I just felt like my book is worth what it's worth. Mm -hmm. If I sit there and say my book is $100, it's up to you to pay for it or not. And I think that some people, especially when black-owned businesses, yeah. you want people to compromise their price, but you paying this for the white man, so mm -hmm. what's the difference? And I feel like also, besides that, when you have a black-owned business, especially when it's small, if you're putting all your money into something, you have to get your money back. You don't have nobody sponsoring you. You don't have nobody doing nothing for you. And then even still with them prices, I it's like at that time I wasn't even making my money back. Mm -hmm. I was either breaking even or break not breaking even at all. But I don't even think that's something that needs to be explained. Nipsey Hussle literally sold his CD for a hundred dollars until he got signed, and people paid a hundred dollars yeah. for it. Wow! Wow! Nice. Mm -hmm. um, Miss America Voyage. Dot com. Where can we find you on social media? <laughs> Everything is uh, Rachel Hillier. <laughs> <laughs> well, my Facebook, uh, if you just want to be like, see the real Rachel, that's mm -hmm. Rachel Hillier. But if my business page is Rachel S. Hillier, okay. just like on uh, Instagram, my uh, business page is Rachel underscore S. Hillier underscore Hillier. Um, and everything is like basically uh, it's under either my name or my uh, the Miss America Voyage. Okay. So and that pops up in Google, like all oh, that's gonna pop up. So if Rachel S. Hillier doesn't pop up, it's gonna be under the Miss America Voyage, and I have. Or to be under one fine author. One fine author. Oh. Hashtag. 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 
And I'm assuming you're referring to yourself as the Correctly. one time author. Okay. Just wanted to make just to make sure, just in case anybody was wondering who the one time author was. It is it's the Miss America yeah. voice. Well, gee, okay. I think that a lot of times I want to have people have the image of saying that you could be smart, you could be fat, mm-hmm. you could be a mother, you could be a wife, you could be all these different things. I think people think that some women have to have for you to be smart, you have to wear glasses, or you have to be this person covered up, or you have to be this person who can only do this. I don't agree with that. I agree. Women are the most versatile human beings on this earth, and I feel like if you explore every part of that, you're unstoppable. There you go. Because a lot of times, people get married, and they become who they're not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't know who they are, so they don't become who they are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with me, it's no lane that I can't get into, because I could be this mother which I am a damn good mother. I could be this wife, which I'm a damn good wife. I could be this friend or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I'm still intelligent. I'm yeah. still one of the people that's still learning. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can receive knowledge, and I think people don't understand about knowledge. You don't have to agree with somebody to receive what they're trying to tell you. Exactly. They don't understand the message. And I think with some men, they try to target women and disgrace them for being who they are. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who you are, a woman or a man, you cannot take away from somebody who are truly being who they are. That's true. You can only take away from people who faking to be somebody else, mm-hmm. trying to be somebody else, trying to mimic somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'm me. And right. off of this conversation, you've just known me how long. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you can see that. Yeah. A lot of people can see that. So I feel like don't try to put bottle us in a bottle because you feel like a woman's supposed to be this. Mm-hmm. We can be whatever we want to be. That's right. Sir Goodwin, laugh. Constant increase is watching with us. Uh, thank you so much for being a supporter of the Unapologetic Podcast. I want to thank you, Miss Rachel Chardé Hilliard. It's Hilliard. Why did you put that extra thing on there? I need you to get these names correct today. Rachel Hilliard. Yes, Rachel Chardé Hilliard for being here. <laughs> and thank you for taking us on the Miss America <laughs> voyage because this has definitely been a voyage today. Uh, Amen. With you being here, I see Mississippi has not changed you at all. You are still all Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear a poem. Uh, we can't let you leave without reciting a poem. One of your favorite poems right off the top of your head. Okay, I can't do that. Or I have a haiku or uh, something like that. Why don't you find something quickly to give the audience and give the podcast listeners this okay, podcast. Okay, so how do you work this? Like, how do I get out of this? Uh, you, uh, all the, the podcasts <laughs> okay. will be available uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, please visit MissAmericaVoyage.com. And Miss America and Rachel Hilliard on all pi- uh, social media I platforms. have a poem because it's on this one and it's live. Okay, well, give us something. Give me, give us something off the top of your head. Come on. You're I one fine author. <laughs> one fine author. You knew you were coming to do a show. You should have been ready. Okay, so can I just give y'all a gist or something? Of course. Yes, yes. Okay, so, and it's not going to be the poem, mm-hmm. but, like, I, I like this one because I feel like 
It's called Attention White People. Mm-hmm. Come on. And I wrote that poem because um, I feel like a lot of times white people think because they are not a part of the KKK, mm-hmm. because they don't have a Confederate flag, or mm-hmm. because they have a biracial kid that they think they're not racist. Mm-hmm. So that poem I wrote because actually I was doing an open mic, mm-hmm. and it was all virtual because of, of COVID. COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, it was Black History Month when I wrote the poem. I wrote that poem like in two hours. Mm. And like basically I just wanted people to understand that let's stop trying to get racist people to be not racist. Mm-hmm. Let's get the people who said they're not racist to show that they're not racist and not just doing it when we're looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I had did an open mic that night and a woman who did she didn't do a poem. She didn't write a certain poem, but she was basically talking about how black lives matter. And I feel like a lot of times they do it for show. Mm. So I can't go into detail, but that's basically the gist of that point. It was just saying that just because you, you know, and I they say to me, all white people are the same. And like people took that as, and I'm saying all white people are just the scum of the earth. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I have had white friends. I have had white people in my life. But it was time to choose the sad. What sad did they choose? Mm-hmm. That white person. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that um, that poem really... I need to put that out there because I wanted people to understand, like, you know, we can talk about stop telling white people to be racist all you want to, but let's talk to the people who say that they're not. That's let's get them to start standing up and doing more mm-hmm. because you're saying that you fight for equality, but you're not fighting. Right. You're just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, she found it. Okay. Is it the whole one? Miss, uh, uh, the Miss America Voyage has her assistant in the building. There with you go. Got, got it together real okay, quick. Okay, so Thank I did you. edit this, though. So I hope this is the edited version. Okay. Okay, so it says, I have heard so many times people say not all our people are the same. I say, point me to one that actions are different, and I gladly drop my head in shame. Do you think because you're not a member of the KKK, you are different from the rest? I'm talking fast, let me slow down. Do you think because you don't have the fairy flag, you are considered the best? Do you think because you don't call us niggas and spit in our faces, you are not part of the oppressed? Do you think because you are a Christian, you are exempt from not being in question when you are answered? That was the question. Oh my gosh, this ain't it. Okay, but we get the point. We get the point. Yeah, yeah I we get definitely it. get it. And make sure you send us back the one that you have. We'll make sure that we um, get it on. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would like for you to uh, do more poetry, more poetry videos, mm-hmm. less bitches videos. <laughs> and but see, more this is the thing. Uh, I don't know if you just stopped looking, but at one point I did all videos. But see, this is the thing about being a author who's trying to make our money. I'm not going to recite all my poems. I have recited several poems out of my books, though. Like, if you go on my YouTube channel, you have probably 20 plus more poems from 30 points where I did like four lines. Oh, okay. Uh, You can take me back to 20. So, depending on what day, how you feeling, I know what you feel. You feel different ways, different days. But like, if you actually go to my actual YouTube pages (laughs) and my business pages, and that's what I tell people all the time. My business, Rachel, is different from my Rachel. That's why I of have course. different pages. Right. So on my Rachel here page, that's me. You're going to get whatever you're going to get. But if you actually go to my Rachel S. Hillier or my Rachel S. Hillier Instagram, I recite poems. I actually take pictures and put, upload them. Oh, nice. Okay. And then also, she wants you to buy the book, so I'm not going to give you the product for free. Yes. And yeah. I think that people have to understand that. Like, if you follow me on my page where I'm just being who I am, then you're not going to see that, but I have. But that's why I have my pages separate. I have separate Instagram, separate Snapchat, separate where you're going to only see my business. <laughs> and that's what that's for. All right. Um, so if you want the book, you can buy it. Thank you, Miss Rachel 
Hilliard, Rachel Sade Hilliard. Thank you for being here. The Miss America Voyage.com. All her literary works are available on the website. And uh, please, please support the Miss America Voyage.com. We look forward to more from you. What you got coming up next as we close out? Well, right now, like I said, I did so much footwork last year with uh, doing my actual brand. Mm -hmm. uh, like, go to my website. You can see all of that on there. Like I said, I have home decor. I have animal things. I have clothing. I have apparel. I have jewelry. Mm -hmm. I have all that on there. And then, like, my books. Like, I have five books. I have wrote five books, five different books mm -hmm. in one year. Nice. And I just feel like that was enough right now for me to sit back. And now I'm just doing events. Okay. And I just want to do that because I just did an event in Atlanta. And I just really want to now put myself out there with the exposure. Okay. Uh, so that's right now. I'm just sitting on that. Miss Tisha. Yes. Uh, but thank you, <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you for coming fresh from Mississippi, right to the Unapologetic Studios. Uh, it has been a pleasure. It has Definitely been a has. challenge. Nice meeting you. Thank you, Miss. Mm -hmm. The, the Miss yes. America Voice. Glad somebody else took that sense. Miss America herself. Since set. Yes. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Good night. Thank, and thank you, uh, Raquel, too. Thank you. He has your name right. <laughs> thank you to the actual factual Kim Smith. I'm Sir Google Live. Follow Unapologetic on all social media platforms and podcast platforms. Unapologetic. U-N-A-P-O-L-L-A-G-E-T-I-C. Double L's. Peace out. <laughs>